Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Well, another week has passed, and we've been hearing so many different reports of the present world situation. Some of these are contradictory as more news comes in to take the place of the last. There are so many voices that clamor to be heard, it can be both overwhelming and confusing. We would like you to know that today's message will not be changed into a different one tomorrow. God has given us his unchanging word. It is both faithful and worthy of universal acceptance. His word can be relied upon. In today's message, evangelist and teacher Mr. Phil Coulson takes a closer look at one Bible verse and explains its meaning to us. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15 says this, This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. We trust that the precious truths found in this verse will be understood and received by our listeners today. And not only that, but that it would be applied personally, that Christ will be accepted and trusted for the forgiveness of sins. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 15, we read this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You will immediately detect I don't come from these parts. Although there's a lot of good friends here this evening who come from what they maybe think of as the old country, I'm an Englishman living in Scotland and preaching in Canada. And so you might think, well, what does this man know that he's bringing to us here in Canada? But I'm bringing to you the word of God that says, this is a trustworthy saying. We can have complete confidence in it. And it is worthy of the acceptation of all. All, whoever you are, my dear friends tonight, this message is for you, for you personally. God graciously saved me from the penalty of my sins back in 1963, August the 15th. That's when I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And since that time, he has graciously enabled me to preach the gospel in various countries of the world. And I thank God that this message does not need adapting at all. Whether I'm preaching it here, or whether I am preaching in a jungle clearing in Africa or India or Burma or somewhere like that, it doesn't matter. This is a message for everybody. Whatever your ethnic background, whatever your religion, whatever your education, a message for all. And this is it. Are you ready? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. What a message, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you can remember that almost straight away. If you've never read it before, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. It begins with a person. There was a real man, you know. This is history. This is factual history. There was a man who spent the early part, most of his early years, in a place called Nazareth in Israel, 
His name is Jesus. And here in our verse, the Bible says he is Christ Jesus. And Christ means the anointed one. One who is sent. Someone who has been put forth as someone having a particular mission. Christ Jesus came into the world. Now that's interesting. You see, you and I arrived in this world. I don't know how far back your earliest memory goes. Generally, the further back we go, we're really remembering what folks have told us about. I didn't know I had come into the world. It's just a baby. But you know, this is amazing because Christ Jesus came into the world. He was somewhere before and he came into the world. And the Bible shows us that where he was before was the very throne of God. And other scriptures explain to us that the great wonder of Christ Jesus coming into the world was that though he is a real man, he had a real mother, he is the seed of the woman, he was supernaturally conceived by the Holy Spirit of God. But the rest of the process of him coming into the world was as natural as yours and mine. He grew in the womb of his mother. And he was born there at Bethlehem. He was a helpless babe. And the wonderful thing is that though he was a real babe, the great wonder of it is that even as his earthly mother Mary was holding him, the Bible says he was upholding all things by the word of his power. See, the Bible shows us that he is God manifest in flesh. He's God displayed in flesh. Only God could do what he did. God confined himself to all the limitations of a sinless human body. Christ Jesus came into the world. He didn't just arrive. He came into the world. And isn't it wonderful to think that when you think of all the gods that people worship around the world, lots of gods in the Oriental world, lots of gods in the Asian world, lots of gods in the Canadian world, but the true and the living God has a heart and he has a love toward the creatures he's made. And whatever it was, for whatever reason, in this most marvelous and wonderful of ways, the eternal living God, who changes not, who no man can look upon and live, nevertheless, he confined himself to the limitations of a sinless human body, and God was manifest in flesh. Christ Jesus came into the world. You say, that was a marvelous thing. Why on earth did he do that? Well, our verse told us it's to save sinners. To save sinners. That's why Christ Jesus came into the world, to save sinners. Well, who are they? Who are sinners? You a sinner? Of course you're a sinner. I'm not, not here to be rude to you. I'm not intending to be rude in any way at all. But you know you're a sinner. I mean, I don't need to take time to persuade you that you're a sinner, do I? Although you might not quite, excuse me, you might not quite understand this distinction that when you were conceived, you were a sinner. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You're not a sinner because you committed sins. That's not what the Bible teaches. We commit sins because we are sinners. We've got to get this the right way around. 
So again, we have to go back to our Bible because you'll be thinking to yourself, hang on a minute, preacher. What you're telling me is that I'm a sinner and I was a sinner when I was conceived? That's correct. So how can I be held responsible for that? Well, the answer is you're not held responsible for that. The Bible makes that very clear. The Bible shows us that Adam is at fault for that, our first father. Again, whatever nationality we are, whatever ethnic group we belong to, ultimately we all trace our ancestry back to that one man, Adam. He was the head of the human race, and the Bible shows us that he made a catastrophic decision one day, and that was to act in independence of God and in disobedience to what God had told him, and sin entered into the world. And because he is the head of the race, all who are identified with him by natural birth, we're all sinners. We take his nature. That's what makes us sinners. But the thing is, because we're sinners, then we commit sins. So you see, we've actually got two problems. Because of what Adam did, we are in bondage to sin as a master. It means that we are incapable. Whoever we are, we are incapable of meeting God's standards by ourselves. We can't do it because we're sinners. Problem number one. Problem number two is that you and I have committed sins. There's things we've done that we shouldn't have done, and you've got a conscience, the same as I have. As well as the written word of God, you have a conscience. You know that you've done things you shouldn't, and there's things you should have done and you haven't, and these the Bible calls sins. And that's what God holds you responsible for. You, the individual, are responsible before God for the sins that you have committed. You need those sins forgiven, and you need to be delivered from the power of sin as a master. The picture's not pretty. Look at the world around. I don't think there's a country represented here tonight that hasn't got trouble. There's riots. There's insurrection. There's lawlessness. There's wickedness. There's corruption. There's fighting. There's war. Where does it all come from? Sin. That's where it all comes from. And the Sin that pervades and spoils this world has you in its grip. You need to be delivered from it. And then there's the guilt of these sins that you've committed. The fact that an inflexibly righteous God looks down at each one of us here. He sees a man, a woman, a boy or a girl that he has made and given life to. And they are disobedient to him. And they're committing sins that are offensive to him. And because God is righteous, he must punish them. He must. It's not like us. So when we're rearing our children or our grandchildren, we say, look, there's the line. Don't cross it. So what does the child do? It crosses it, doesn't it? Because there's something within. The moment you tell them not to do something, they want to do it. What Paul meant when he said about the law provoking sin. So the parent might say, don't cross that line. The child crosses it, and the parent says, what did I tell you? I told you not to cross that line. Well, look, here's another line. Don't cross that one. Oh, you've crossed that one as well. Well, look, I really mean this one now. And then the parent says, well, you know, I don't want to be too hard because I love them. Well, that just shows how warped our thinking is, you see, because nobody loves you more than God loves you. But God says, here's a line, and you don't come up to it. And I must act in righteousness. I must punish those sins. I must. And when Paul, the apostle, one day was preaching in the city of Athens in Greece, 
He told the people that God has actually appointed a day in the which he will judge the world. It's fixed. It's there in the divine calendar. So my friends, the world is heading for a day when God is going to judge the sins of men and women. And people would tell you, God loves you too much to punish you. Well, they're telling lies. Because God has said he must punish those sins. Yes, he loves you, but he must punish those sins. And that's why Christ Jesus came into the world. It was to save sinners. It was to intervene and provide a means, a way whereby the sinner can be rescued, delivered, saved from that certain day of judgment. You're heading for it. Every person in this room tonight who is still in their sins, who has never yet repented of their sins and put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, every one of those people here tonight is heading for a fixed day of judgment. And God will not put it back. This is real. This is real. I'm not preaching religion. This is real. This is what God has told us. This is what God has revealed to us. We can see in ourselves the need. We know that we're sinners, and we know that we've offended God. And now the Bible is showing us that there is a day of reckoning, there is a day of judgment. And what can we do? Because we are sinners by nature, we cannot do anything to reconcile ourselves to God. In fact, the Bible says we're without hope. Naturally, we're without hope. I can't help you. Other, thank God, than preaching the gospel to you. But, but I can't do anything to save you or rescue you from this. The very God who we've offended, the very God who must punish our sins, is a God who demonstrated his real, true love for you and me. The Bible says herein is love. This is what love looks like. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the meeting place for our sins. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He came into the world to rescue us, to deliver us, to save us. How could we ever be delivered from that definite judgment of God? There's only one way. Christ Jesus came into the world. If his coming into the world was so great and so tremendous an event, it gives us an idea of how desperate our need is. See, if you cut your finger while you're slicing an onion or a tomato or something like that, if you cut your finger, you don't suddenly have five fire appliances, four ambulances, a helicopter, and the National Guard coming out to help. Your need isn't great. Band-Aid will do the job. Whatever our need was, it was so great that there was only one way it could be dealt with. Christ Jesus had to come into the world. And the Bible tells us that God sent the Son into the world. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of sinners. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it wonderful, really? When that blessed man came into the world, he came from the glory of heaven. He veiled all the glory of his eternal majesty. He came into time as a babe, and he grew up amongst men, and he'd got one goal, just one goal. It wasn't to be a great man. It wasn't to have a great following. It was to go to a place of execution so that he could sacrifice his life to save yours. This is real. This happened. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And there was only one way he was going to save sinners. It wasn't by the good life he led, because the good life he led would only make your life look worse. 
His life can't save you. It was through his death on the cross of Calvary, his self-sacrifice, a sinless man took the place of sinful people. The Bible puts it like this. He was the just, the just one, the sinless one, for us, the unjust ones, so that he could bring us to God. And he went to the terrible agonies and suffering of the public execution of crucifixion. This is the real man, Christ Jesus, who came into the world and men nailed him to a cross. And he suffered all of that because this was the only way in which he could save sinners, was by giving his life, by shedding his blood, because first of all, all the righteous claims of God had to be met. God had to be satisfied in his justice. God had to have a righteous platform on which he could forgive the repentant sinner. To put it in the words of the Roman letter, how is it that God could remain just and yet be the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus? The only way he could do it is in all the value of the sacrifice of his beloved son. And because in those hours of darkness as he suffered, God meted out judgment upon that blessed man that satisfied the claims of divine justice. And God now has the righteous ground upon which he can forgive a sinner who repents of their sins. That's the great message of the gospel. We were singing it, whosoever. And it doesn't matter who we are or where we come from, this is a message for you. You're a sinner and you need God's salvation. You need to be rescued, delivered from all the effects of sin's bondage and all the guilt of your personal sins. And you can have it all gloriously, wonderfully dealt with in a moment because of the work that the Lord Jesus Christ has done. There's nothing to pay. There's nothing to join. There's nothing to be. We simply have to come in faith before a righteous God and take our place as a guilty sinner and acknowledge, oh God, I have sinned and repent of that sin. Turn around from it. Take that change of mind that sees it as God sees it and recognize that my sins are taking me to hell. My sins are taking me to a lost eternity. My sins mean I am perishing. But Christ Jesus came into the world to save me because I'm a sinner. And thank God he has saved me. Has he saved you? The way you can get gloriously delivered, saved, rescued from the penalty of your sins and the power of sin as a master tonight is if you come in repentance to God and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So is that all? That's all. Thank God that's all. Because the Lord Jesus Christ has done all the work in his own death and burial and resurrection. That resurrection tells me that God was completely satisfied in what Christ had done. God has taken that blessed man back to heaven. He lives. And today he lives to be your saviour. He is able to save to the uttermost all who come unto God by him. Will you remember tonight Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners? That means Christ Jesus came into the world to save you. And even as you're sitting there, you can be thinking of this. Christ Jesus came into the world to save me.
Yes, deliverance from sin is available to all. Christ has indeed done all the work and is able to save to the uttermost all who come to God by him. Would you like to have your sins forgiven? Well, that's why Christ came into the world. He came to save sinners. If you are the sinner in need of saving, well, then we have a Savior for you. It's God's only Son who died and rose again to deliver poor sinners. Why don't you receive him today as your very own? You'll be glad that you did. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul. <laughs>